0: I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Connoisseurs coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Well, good morning again. It's Carrie's Connoisseurs and today I have Elanda Besson with me. I think everybody knows who Elanda is. I certainly do, everybody in my world does. Ilanda is the cellar master at Steenburg Winery in Constantia. Hello, thank you for joining us on Carrie's Connoisseurs. How are you? Happy New Year.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Happy New Year, happy harvest. It feels like afternoon already. We've been here I since know. early morning, but it's, it's all good and great.
0: Oh, well, thank you for taking time. The reason that I wanted to chat to you is because we've just come through a festive season, yet another one, where everybody tends to drink more bubbles during the Christmas sort of period than they do otherwise. And as we know, the bubbly world is on fire at the moment. Everybody is drinking fizz. Everybody wants bubbles. And there's a very, very big shortage of bubbly across the world. South Africa makes fantastic sparkling wine and i think that maybe you are my first interview my first podcast of the season i think cal i can't remember maybe i did one other but anyway i think we need to remind everybody that south african sparkling wine is straight up there where the prosecco's which are now so incredibly popular the spanish bubblies, we we make beautiful stuff there's no reason why people shouldn't be buying us instead of French. i'm probably going to be shot down in flames for having said that elanda is the seller you're the seller master in total or do you just head up the bubblies at Sternberg elanda no
1: no no it's me myself i doing all Everything. the still wines the whole portfolio yep
0: and has the harvest started for you are you picking for your bubbles
1: yes So we source our Chardonnay and Pinot grapes off uh, from other regions that are better suited for grape growing of Chardonnay and Pinot. Unfortunately the beautiful Steenberg farm is a little windy and uh, although Sauvignon Blanc loves a little breeze through the vineyards in in summer season Chardonnay and Pinot is a little bit more sensitive. So we source most of the the chard and the pinot from the Robertson and Darling areas and as we oh, really? speak my first load of grapes are standing outside waiting to be offloaded. And oh my processed. gosh I
0: better not keep you too long or we're going to have froth already fermenting grapes in the back of a lorry. Elanda you make a couple of bubblies. I just wanted to remind everybody you've got Your famous Samuel Blanc bubbly, which I think is like cold drink, you can just, it's around about 140 rand, 150 rand a bottle, it's unbelievable value for money, I'm I'm interested to hear from you the vinification of that Samuel Blanc bubbly, do you also have to pick the grapes at a much lower belling, i.e. much lower sugars, like you do the Chardonnay Pinot Noir.
1: We're super proud of the, the bottle-fermented sparkling Sauvignon Blanc from Steenberg, because we really do believe that it's quite unique in its positioning within the sparkling wine category, in that it's not a normal carbonated Sauvignon Blanc, and it's not a Cup Classique, so it doesn't have the bottle fermentation period that a Cup Classique has to have per definition, but everything else is... In principle, by definition, made in the classic champagne method. So we harvest the grapes out of similar sugar to the Chardonnay Pinot that's used for Cup Classique. It's whole bunch pressed, it's Cuvée juice, and then the base wine goes into the bottle for its own um, unique second fermentation in the bottle. It's all remoaged and riddled by hand. So, we believe that that kind of sets it apart in the sparkling Sauvignon Blanc category because you have the same mouthfeel and the same beautiful, elegant bubble that you have on Champagne and Cap
0: Classique. Mm. Tell me, the Sauvignon Blanc, of course, Sternberg has made a massive name for itself with the many and varied Sauvignon Blancs that you do produce on the farm. So, it makes sense to make a sparkling one as well. You're sourcing those grapes from the farm. So all the Sauvignon Blanc grapes in the bubblies come from Sternberg itself.
1: So most of it, yes. I think the flexibility of the sparkling Sauvignon allows that it could also be sourced outside of Constantia because our primary focus for terroir and and Constantia expression is for um, use in the the still wine, the the classic range and the flagship range. So that's where Constantia Terroir is um, super important for us. But uh, within the sparkling Sauvignon Blanc, we also source Sauvignon from from outside of the region, basically because we started off with a, a super small volume. And as you say, the bubbly category is still just hot stuff. It's exploding. Everyone's enjoying it. And the profile of the sparkling Sauvignon is just so easy drinking. And it's a nice way for younger, new consumers to be introduced into Stienberg, which as a still wine portfolio can be quite serious wines. And I, I think the sparkling Sauvignon brings the fun edge to it.
0: Well, you know, I was just having a look. I mean, I think your flagship bubbly is it the Lady R.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Which is an extremely special bottle of sparkling wine. And again, I talk price because my listeners and my customers and my viewers and what have you, they like to know what they're paying, you know, when. And the Lady R, I think, sits on the shelf at Norman Goodfellows, I think, around about 500 and something rand a bottle. If you consider that a bottle of Moet and Chandon is sitting there at around about 650, creeping up to the 700 rand mark and in short supply. So you're not always guaranteed that you're going to be able to get that. Yes. I'm not trying to underplay the importance and the loveliness of French bubbly at all. But at the same sort of price, you are getting the top, top, top end. It's like buying the fastest Ferrari for the same price. It doesn't really make sense at this stage of the game to encourage the drinking of imported product when we are making such lovely sparkling wine. Talk to me about the Lady R because it is a very special bubbly and it is to be made a note of by everybody who's listening as a possible go-to for a very special occasion. I mean, we want everybody to drink the Sauvignon Blanc and the non-vintage Chardonnay. You make a Blanc de Blanc. Hey, you make a straight Chardonnay, a straight Pinot Noir, the Sauvignon Blanc. Talk to me about Lady R. It's a very special product.
1: It's a hugely underappreciated category within Cup Classique, but I'm so happy to say that in the massive support that the South African local market of consumers have given the category of Cup Classique post-COVID, I think that we're we're fast getting into a space where consumers are um, becoming... Um, Aware and, and understand the, the quality that they're getting in South African bubbles and Cup Classique. And, and when we move into those higher priced spaces, it really, um, it's incredible value for money to rather spend your bucks on a special bottle of vintage claimed time on lease, properly good quality Cap Classique rather than a normal run-of-the-mill non-vintage blended champagne because um, one fails in comparison.
0: How long are you leaving your your non-vintage on the lees for?
1: So non-vintage is usually between 18 and 24 months. Again, because of COVID and the alcohol ban, I think a lot of brands are finding that they They've been able to age it on lease a little longer. And that just, that just, that converts into makes it nicer
0: more Mm.
1: value for money that you're getting in your non vintage. Um, and then on Lady R, which is a vintage, it's a minimum of five years. So we've really put the time and the effort into making an exquisite wine. And just in comparison within that category.
0: That's a long time for Mr. Beck to wait to get his money back, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. And
0: somebody said to me, you can invest, do this thing now, and maybe in five years' time, we think it might be nice, we better all sit and say thank you, big thank you to the likes of Mr. Beck for allowing us the privilege of five years on the lease. It's lovely.
1: Yeah, I have to share a little story with you. I got an email from Europe yesterday, Um, a, a private customer is desperately looking for a special bottle of Lady R because they have a wedding celebration of a couple who, way back when, came to visit Steenberg, and they Aww. got engaged on the farm. And it's like you know, they're they're in Europe. They could have just purchased a beautiful bottle isn't of that champagne, wonderful? but they reached out to us and they wanted a special bottle of Lady R because it holds a special memory. And isn't that beautiful? and did you have one?
0: Uh, Did course, you have the right vintage
1: of course we we are sending them a a bottle of lady R from Germany to their oh, to their home vintage. for their their little celebration but I think that
0: but that is brilliant and that is so special now you have to make sure that she or he get in touch with you every single time they have a baby sure. or do something special. Not that we're encouraging breeding, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but uh, but anything special in their lives has to be celebrated with ladies. We oh. are
1: encouraging, celebrating life, aren't we, Carrie? Yeah, yeah. absolutely
0: so, that. Yeah. Now, Landa, talk to me about, so we're doing, we're doing the non-vintage, we're doing the sommelier Blanc, and we've got the... Lady R, we have also got, you've got two non-vintages. You've got the Chardonnay and then you've got a straight Pinot Noir. Yes. The Tell pin- the listeners the difference between those two. Why would they choose one over the other?
1: Right. I would think for for potentially kind of different occasions and most definitely different food pairings. Um, I, I believe that Bubbly and cup Classique, has has a moment in time for every kind of style. Um, so the 100% Chardonnay, the Blanc de Blanc, it has a beautiful dry finish, and it has all that beautiful fruit and Chardonnay expression with a, a nice little nutty, biscuity finish on the palette brought from Time On Lease. Whereas I think a a little bit more of a summery, easy drinking celebration next to the pool would allow the the moment to uh, enjoy the 1682 Pinot Noir Rosé. So I think there are... Really? So
0: you're saying that the Pinot Noir is less serious than your Blanc de Blanc? No,
1: no, I'm not saying that. But I do feel like the Chardonnay, the Blanc de Blanc has a drier finish where because it's a 100% pinot and red berry fruit expression mm. with a slightly uh, sweeter dosage, it brings out the fruit and it, it tends to be perceived on the palate as a little sweeter, although they're both brute.
0: And are you, are you thinking of making a demi-sec of any description? I unashamedly stick my hands up and say, I love demi-sec bubbles. There's very few things that go with eggs and I love eggs so I always said to my biology prof when I was at varsity I said to him if you've got a carnivore and an omnivore and a, a vegetarian that I am oviviparous I could live on eggs that's what I want to be an ovivap. so <laughs> if you make creamy scrambled eggs on Sunday mornings and you have a bottle and I always tell Peter Ferreira I see cold Grand big Bliss, yes, in the fridge. There is no nicer match. It's a pairing made in heaven. So, and I think that I think that with all of us, we have a duty of care to to teach as many people in South Africa, in fact, in the world, to enjoy the lovely wines of the Western Cape. And I know when I started drinking wine, first of all, I wanted it to be a little bit sweeter. Yes, There's a bit of a shock to the palate. To have this sort of dry stuff, you know. So I think that's why sales of the French bubblies, because they've always made demi-sex, tiny quantities, because the French tell you that you're going to drink dry, 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 or go home. Um, But I think that the South African's personality lends itself to these beautiful, sexy, um, happy, festive, sweeter bubblies. Are you going to make us one?
1: Um, so I think the short answer is right now no, because in all honesty we are we're we're kind of a, at maximum capacity in our little cellar yes. space. Um so yeah. but absolutely I think we have to be real in saying and acknowledging that people like to talk dry, but they actually and drink, drink sweet.
0: Yeah, That's what and, and
1: absolutely, in Champagne, it is exactly that. They talk dry, but if you look at their yeah. stats and their sales in Africa and in South Africa, it's demi sick. If we look at yeah. the growth within Cap Classique category, it's demi sick, And we all really. understand that our wine palate and profile starts sweet and then works its way down to appreciating and understanding drier Um, profiles Mm. also partly the success behind prosecco is that it's not great. it's a little sweeter it's just in that that tasty profile
0: 100% maybe that's where we tell everybody to rush out and buy a case of the Sauvignon Blanc bubbly because it's a little bit more gregarious in your mouth yes if I can put it like that it's it's a much more fun way to get yourself involved in in bubblies from Sternberg the rest of your bubblies are they're serious ones they're beautiful they're gorgeous tell me about the harvest for 2023 we've had such extreme weather talk to me what are you where are you at yeah
1: I actually think that 2023 might be at the end of the summary looking back it might actually be a little bit more of a normal vintage Uh, I think uh, it's uh, January has started um, a lot less extreme than last year, January. And I'm speaking for the Constantia Valley. I think uh, looking at us harvesting our first grapes on the 11th of Jan, that, that is pretty much standard. Uh, I looked at the stats last year. We only started on the 24th of Jan. That's a little bit more abnormal. And although we had a dry winter, we actually had a little bit more rain in spring, a little bit more rain in in summer, already making up for the drier winter. So I I think off our own farm here at Steenberg, we are expecting a similar crop to last year. So actually, pretty normal.
0: And I mean, we were we were told in Johannesburg about temperatures in Cape Town going up to 39 and 40 degrees. I suppose that's reserved really for Pahl and Tilbach and those sort of places. So you're not having those extremely high temperatures, but there has been a lot of rain, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah. 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 Not too much frotties in the vineyards then?
1: No, not not too much yet. It's luckily it's early days. So vineyards are still in a growth space are they're, they're still working on developing those little grape bunches. Um, But we're going to have to take care later on. And uh, luckily, Stienberg has this beautiful southeasterly blowing in from the coastline. So from Mm -hmm. 12 o'clock during the the summer months, and especially in January now, from 12 o'clock, we'll start getting a little bit of a breeze. And then from 3 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we're already in the shade of Table Mountain. And so Um... we are super blessed and that makes our average temperatures a lot significantly lower to some of the warmer I know, it's areas. what makes your
0: bubbly gorgeous and it's what makes your Sauvignon Blanc so delicious yes, as well. Ma'am. I'm not a massive Sauvignon Blanc fan except for the Constantia Sauvignon Blancs. They really are extraordinary, anybody who hasn't tried the Sauvignon Blancs from Constantia really, really, really do need to. Give my listeners a quick rundown of your Sauvignon Blancs. I think we start at the top. Is Black Swan our top dog?
1: No, no, no. So let's start on the bubbly side. The most easy drinking is obviously Sauvignon with bubbles. So that's the, the bottle fermented sparkling Sauvignon. And then from a total of all the 23 blocks of Sauvignon on the farm, we do a classic blend. Um, and and from there, we have a small portion that's fermented in barrels so that's the barrel fermented Sauvignon Blanc in a Blanc Fourmet style, which is a great food wine. Then we move to the, the kind of vineyard selection wine, which is the Black Swan, minimal cellar intervention, and a real true expression of what terroir does best in in Sauvignon Blanc. And then I am happy to say we are um, soon to release. Uh, the next vintage of Magna Carta, which is a Sauvignon oh, semi
0: Ah, which of course is a blend. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Which
1: I believe um, white blends from Constantia are just superior, and uh, we're are. very excited about about the new Magna Carta. When was up. the
0: last time you released a Magna Carta?
1: It was before my time. I think the last vintage was a twenty seventeen. And so we're looking at releasing the 2021 in April
0: this year. So yeah. Well, I want to tell you that I can remember the first Magna Carta that they ever launched, and then I think that was it. J was it JD? It's
1: prob- probably John Loopshear, and then JD. Arte. Was John Loopshear? Yeah.
0: Who made it? Yeah. And I think JD then started at the cellar, and he was a, an assistant before John left. Correct. And then they released some Magna Carta in magnums wow and i still have one or two of those magnums in my own private cellar wow so maybe Linda, when you come to johannesburg if we can ever entice you to johannesburg absolutely
1: i'm there often
0: are you yeah. well next time you phone me and we are just open that magnum for you and me It was one of the best wines that ever came out of Constantia. It was delicious stuff.
1: Amazing. I'm I'm, excited about that. I'm sure we're going to do a special event in Joburg for the launch and we'll we'll make sure you're there.
0: Let me know. And then you do make some red wine. Yes. Do you still make a Nebbiolo?
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: So delicious. (laughs) It's lovely. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so I think... It's uh, being an Italian red varietal is quite a quite an oddball concept for for Why? most Why? Why did consumers.
0: they plant Nebbiolo on Sternberg?
1: Because I never knew one. Legend has it that one of the previous um, farm managers and viticulturists went on a a little trip to Italy and fell in love. Oh, tell me, and
0: fell in love with an Italian woman. Uh, of
1: course, wine woman and song. <laughs> <laughs> and um and then was very, oh, very, boys. very sneaky and brought in some original Italian plant material and had it um, developed and grown in Lesotho and then brought it in and so
0: it was very covert.
1: As the story goes, we have the original planting material of the first Nebbiolo in South Africa.
0: And so Well we love we do lo- I 'm a terrible conspiracy theorist, and i love I love covert love stories like that, right, so I think we should make up the biggest romantic story around that whole thing, but aside from all of that, it is very delicious wine. Yes, and it's strange because I'm not mad about red wine from from the Constantia Valley, right but that Nebbiolo is delicious.
1: Yeah, I, I, I always think of Nebbiolo as kind of the Italian's version of Pinot Noir, isn't it? Yeah. It's really strange to explain it to people, to have them understand it and appreciate it because we're all so used to Cabernet, Merlot and Shiraz. But uh, it's something unique to to Stienberg. I think Stienberg wines are all about wonderful wine stories because... People get emotionally involved with wine and on the estate, it's, it's a beautiful wine and it's very popular in our tasting room where our ambassadors have the opportunity to tell these stories, so.
0: Well, let's tell them what it tastes like. For me, my lasting memory of your Nebbiolo is that it's like a cool climate Nebbiolo because you are cool climate. Yes. So it's got this almost minty fresh elegance. Yep. Of what is normally quite a generous Italian grape. Yes. Um, not as generous as Sangiovese, but it but it's it's generous enough, and it's got a velvety. It's almost got like a velvet glove on it. Yeah. So you put it in your mouth, and you've got this lovely, keen freshness in your mouth. But when you swallow it, it's like swallowing grand's velvet curtains. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's very soft and velvety. So that's what the Nebbiolo is, and then. Tell me about stories. Tell them a nice story about Katerina.
1: Ah, oh, well, the legend that is Katerina Ras. So, mm. so the wonderful thing about Steenberg, and that we're so proud of, is that this farm dates back to the late sixteen hundreds, um, when, of course, the Cape was wild and wonderful, and we had lions and elephants and big dangerous animal- animals roaming the Cape
0: and We still do they just <laughs> on two legs now instead of four you're right
1: you're right. <laughs> you're right, you're right And and in that time this incredible legend of a woman decided she wanted to leave Germany and her hometown of Lübeck and and start a new life for herself all on her own so very brave very courageous and came to the Cape to recreate herself and and write a, a an incredible legendary story for herself and and she was based here on the farm and she was awarded the title deed from Simon van Erstell, um in 1682 and uh, created a farm where she was trading with fresh, fresh fruit and vegetables and supplying to everyone arriving at the cape and trading in fresh produce and um legend has it that she ended up getting married five times and surviving
0: (laughs) she sounded like the most wonderful woman absolutely why do we think she came to south africa does anybody really know i mean i've looked but i can't find why Katerina actually came to south africa in those days Even South Africa didn't know it was here. Yes. So how did Katerina know that it was here? From Germany? No. Of all places. Anyway, she was. She was absolutely gorgeous. She was married too many times. She obviously loved the boys and the boys (laughs) loved her. And she made this gorgeous farm that is now so beautiful and parat and prim and proper and magnificent. And I think when she was running it, it was harem, scarem, big, fat fun. And she made the most amazing space of Stanford. I've got a very soft spot for Stanford because of her. Yeah. She's gorgeous. So anybody who wants to have some fun and start delving deep into how deliciously gorgeous this wine industry of ours is, she's a good place to start, isn't she? Yeah,
1: she is a good place to start and her estate is a good place to visit. We have um,
0: we, we have some
1: wonderful harvest season interactions with customers and guests. So people must come and experience Harvest at Stienberg.
0: It's gorgeous. And are they allowed to pull in or do they have to phone and book and say, can we come and do a little bit of a harvest thing here with you? How do they do it?
1: So Constantia's had an incredible hospitality season. Um, most of the restaurants and most of the tasting rooms would definitely prefer people to try and phone ahead and book. Yes. But we will always try and accommodate walk-ins, but we're going to have – Little cellar tours and tasting of juice and grapes on a daily basis as soon as harvest oh, starts. Fantastic.
0: And you still got your beautiful restaurant, Yes, you?
1: we are going to serve fresh, more from Sauvignon Blanc juice and whatever is available on the day. So Delicious. we must come and just have a good time at Steenberg.
0: And, Delanda, do you still do jazz on Sundays there? You used to have jazz at Sternberg on a Sunday, I suppose. That's no. something you'd finished about 200 yeah, years ago.
1: Probably just, just <laughs> after the death of Katerina.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she would have had jazz and made it lots of fun. You know, you are going to be the next Katerina of Sternberg because you're an amazing woman. <laughs> I haven't spent any time telling everybody how amazing you are. You're no stranger to bubbles. You sort of single-handedly sorted out that bunch of distil boys. You looked after Pongratz and JC LaRue and Niederberg. You've done an amazing... When you were little, did you think that you wanted to be the lady, the queen of bubbles in South Africa?
1: No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I knew that I wanted to be a farmer of some sorts. But no, I've just been truly blessed, and it's such a wonderful privilege.
0: And how come it just became bubbles?
1: So at one point in time, while I was still the red winemaker at Niederburg, Milani van der Merwe, who used to be mm. the, the famous Congress winemaker, she actually yes. decided to to scale down her winemaking activities and focus on her family, and she was doing a massive commute from Wooster into Stellenbosch every day, and she just decided time out, and and the then director of wine in the Stel said, "Look, aren't you interested in a in a, a new challenge?" And I said, "Let's go." And it just so <laughs> happened that at that point in time, bubbly just exploded and Cup Classique just exploded, and I had the privilege to learn from. The best out there, the Peter Ferreras, the Jeff Greer, the Milans.
0: Aren't they just gorgeous? Yeah. Every time I meet yeah. them, I think how incredibly lucky we are to have this wealth. And they continue to research and do, you know, yeah. all of you.
1: Absolute have legends. Have put
0: so much into the production of Bubbly in South Africa. And we really have, you've got it to a stage where I think that we can go to war with the best bubblies in the world. We really, really could. And we'll probably win.
1: Absolutely. If it's done blind. We're reaping the benefit of it, so, yeah.
0: And if I were to ask you, you've got a family. Yes. How do you manage to juggle your family and your bottles?
1: I have an incredible husband, and I have an incredible support structure, and I have strong kids who... Appreciate me for my strengths and bear with me on my weaknesses and Aww. I've just been blessed with a strong support structure and with people who love me for who I
0: am. I think it's brilliant and I love speaking to women like you who send a message loud and clear that says you don't have to fight for anything because you haven't fought for anything, neither have I. You just have to be the best. yeah.
1: And be authentically true to who you are.
0: There you go. Just be you. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And you can have it all. And you have got it all. What book sits next to your bed? <laughs> what do you read in your spare time? Or don't you?
1: <laughs> I, I I don't really re- read a lot.
0: This, <laughs> That's a terrible admission. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> this time of year, to be very honest, um, I have a little notepad and a pen. So that when I wake up at two AM and I remember something that needs to be done in the pressing cellar, I make a note of it and then have a quick nap and then So we got a a notebook
0: next to our bed at the moment. I'm gonna catch you in June. (laughs) When all of you winemakers are lying in bed until ten o'clock in the morning and leaving the cellar at three in the afternoon. I'm going to ask you what you're reading.
1: That doesn't happen in the life of a Cap Classique winemaker. We're always busy, especially if you're at maximum capacity. But it's a a wonderful thought, and I'm looking forward to those mornings.
0: (laughs) Well, you are one of our national treasures. You're one of our heroes. And thank you very, very much for taking time out in the middle of your harvest. I do appreciate it. I'm going to send everybody. To the shops to go and buy some Sternberg, Sauvignon blank to celebrate you and say thank you for all that you've done for us so, so far. Thank you so much. Good luck with your heart. Highly
1: appreciate it. Thank you for your wonderful support.
0: Anytime. Cheers. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.